Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Jamie. Welcome back. We're here. What's on your shelf? So not much. I have so much. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, I don't, like, I have tons of holds right now, not tons of books on my yes, shelf. But I know how that goes. And I've also just been through a week or two of start a book, stop a book, start a book, not stop working, a book. Not working, not working. Just not catching my yeah. attention. And I, if you had asked me three years ago, I would have said, if I start a book, I finish it, whether I'm liking it or not. And then I gave my permission, I gave myself permission to be like, there's so many other books in the world. Why finish a book if you're not liking it? Yeah. And now, I think I did three in a row this week. You're like, nope, nope, nope. But at some point, maybe there's something wrong with me, <laughs> not the books. Well, I do think that depending on what's happening, what's on your mind, what's happening in your life, like can be, make it difficult to really get into a book sometimes. Yeah. So sometimes and that's, that might affect your reading. Yeah. And I just need, I need something that just quick grabs my attention because I, I think right now I'm having a hard time concentrating because so much is going on. Yeah. And I don't, I need something I don't have to think a lot about. Yes. Do you remember me talking about this? I think it was in the summertime. I'm like, I'm just waiting for this good book that just grabs yeah. me and gets, you know, gets right. me super interested. I don't want to put it down and I'm excited yes. about it. And I yes. haven't felt that. And I, I totally went through that. And the, the three books I stopped were all very thought-provoking, deep, complicated stories. And I it's just not the time couldn't for that get right my now. head in there. Yeah. So. That's okay. Anyway. That's okay. Before we okay. jump into what you are reading, Jamie. Okay. Do you have a fun fact? I do. I have a couple little fun facts. Ooh. So, um, Francesca Horneck is the author that we're talking about. She is the author of our book book, Seven Days of Us. Mm -hmm. And in the her, this interview that I've been reading through, one of the questions is, in Seven Days of Us, you hint at the cultural differences between Britons and Americans. What difference stands out most to you? And she says, Jesse's emotional fluency versus British embarrass embarrassment around feelings. Although I'm aware this is very stereotyped. Oh. So in being embarrassed about your feelings. Interesting. I, anyway, I thought that was interesting just because I love the idea of, I have a friend who's from England and Americans, like when we have talks about it, Americans use so many words to explain things. And yeah. Brits are just like, get it out, out, go. Like, yeah. you don't need all this flowery story. Just tell me the story and let's go. <laughs> anyway. Totally Just different things I always love when she points out. But I wanted to do a couple more because I thought they were fun. Um, She then is asked, which of your characters would you most want to spend seven quarantine days with? She says, I think they'd all be quite grating. Probably Jesse, because he's the least neurotic. There you go. And one last question. What is your favorite <laughs> holiday movie? And she answers, It's a Wonderful Life. Classic. That is a classic. You know, I never watched that until I was older. And then Steve, my husband, Steve really likes it. And so he'll 
he started putting it on. And our kids are a little bit older. He knew they would start to get it. Mm-hmm. So he started playing it. And I was like, I think I'd seen it one time before and it was kind of depressing. So I never yeah. watched it again. And then to watch it like with my kids and it, it does feel different. Like as an adult. I need to go back and watch it again because it was always on when I was younger and I hated when it was on because it was sad. black and white. Yeah, It yeah. was like, and I just remember the part where he's yelling in the streets or yeah, and yeah. and then the classic at the end, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. That's all I remember of the whole movie. It's the main gist right there. Right there. I just wrapped it up for you. You don't need to go see it. So I actually think things I watched when I was younger, watching them through adult eyes. It's different. Totally different. So I should give it another try. Yeah, it's well, I used to, like I said, I was just like you. I used to kind of be like, oh, it's a wonderful life. Really? Do we want to watch that? I, mm-hmm. I can pick a better one. Right. And then now when I find it on, I'm like a little bit more open to, to the, it, yeah, to the heartwarming story that really sits behind yeah. it. Anyway. Okay. Very fun. fun. That's cool. Good facts. Okay. Jamie. Yes. What you been reading? Oh, not much that I finished. <laughs> <laughs> But I will talk about what I have finished um, yeah. lately. I read The Bodyguard okay. by Catherine Center. That sounds super familiar. Is it a romantic comedy? It is. Okay. I think I know the cover. And kind of like a little bit of a thriller, but not really. There is like... So I guess just let me hop into it. So the main character is a bodyguard. It's a female bodyguard. And she's not very big, but she's very good at her job. She could take down guys three times her size. Um, She's been very well trained. She knows what to look for. And she gets assigned against her will to protect uh, a famous, I don't know, a superstar, this actor that is just this gorgeous, good-looking guy. He's been in all the rom-com movies. Then the kisses on scene kisses that just stand out and is the perfect kiss. And and she, her boyfriend just broke up with her and she is assigned to be the bodyguard of this guy. And she is, doesn't, she doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to be with him. And he, of course, thinks she can't be his bodyguard because he's smaller than her him she's smaller than him and of course they both have their backstories that are brought to it and it was fun it's definitely just a light-hearted romantic a rom-com in a book yeah like that's what it is but there's like he has all these fans and he's just had a few threats on social media. And so that's why they're insistent that he's got to go back home for, to help with his mom. His mom just had surgery. She's suffering from cancer. So he's got to go back home, but they're worried about, because that's the area where these threats are. Anyway. Okay. I gave it three stars. If you need something you don't have to think about, this is the perfect book. Entertaining. Entertaining, cute, sweet. Okay. It was fun. I like that. Sometimes I need that. A fun point of view that the female is the bodyguard. I do think a little bit like some of the decisions she makes in the book, I'm thinking, and you're a bodyguard? And then you just did that? 
uh, maybe you're not a bodyguard. Like it didn't, it Mesh. wasn't quite realistic. Sure. All the way through, sure. but it was fun. I gave it three stars. Awesome. The Bodyguard by Catherine Center. That's awesome. Okay. The first book I'm going to talk about today is Lily Bennett's Bucket List by Catherine Dyson. Hmm, I have not heard of this book. Um, I think this is one that I found on my emails list that I get. Hmm. Um, I can't even remember who Bookbub. they're from. Bookbub. Okay. Um, I always look and see what's on sale. And then I go, when I haven't heard of the book, I'm like, ooh, I want to read that. That's kind of where this one was. So it wasn't like on any like must read okay. list or anything. It was just a recommendation by an email. Awesome. Um, this is the story of of a woman who has been, div- Lydia is her name. Lydia is divorced. She has um, like a 19-year-old daughter who is traveling abroad first, okay. you know, at time as an adult. She divorced a year ago, but is still very much in love with her husband. And so she basically is just waiting around for him to realize he made a mistake by leaving her and they're going, you know, they get back together. Yeah. And in the meantime, she's living with her parents. You know, they had to sell their home because they couldn't afford to, no one could, neither of them could afford it alone. So they sold it. So she's back at home with her parents and really just floundering, like with um, her, who she is, what does she want from her life? And really all she wants is just to get back with her husband. And she finally begrudgingly, goes on a dating app and tries to meet people and goes out on a date and ends up doing the walk of shame one morning in the grocery store. And who does she run into? Uh, But her ex-husband with his new girlfriend, who's all that. Of course. And she's feeling very insecure about herself at that moment. And as she's walking out of the grocery store, she finds a list on the ground or a paper on the ground. She picks up. It's a list. Um, and it's titled Lily Bennett's Bucket List. And so it's another woman's bucket list. And she keep, she just puts it in her pocket and keeps it. But as time, as the day goes on, she keeps thinking of this and she decides, you know what I need? I'm going to do, she doesn't dare, she doesn't trust her own decisions. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't dare make her own bucket list. Okay. She decides she's going to do all of Lily Bennett's bucket list items. Wow. Okay. Okay. So she tells her daughter, she's very close with her daughter, but her daughter is abroad. Her daughter can't do them with her. And her daughter's like, you need someone to do this stuff with you. Like, it's adventurous stuff that you don't ever do. It would be unsafe. It would be hard to do it alone. You need someone to do it with you. So she update her daughter for her, updates her dating app, like, bio, uh-huh. saying that she's going to go do these bucket list items and needs a partner in crime. And she gets a response. Oh, wow. And so when they meet... For the first time, they make it very clear, like, this is not romantic. We're here to just have some fun. They both agree. And they really have, you get to follow her, them on this adventure of doing things on her, on Lily's bucket list. They're not really not even Lydia's. Her bucket list. Yeah. I love it. I love it's, the idea. It's totally different. And it was fun. It was just lots of fun, different things. I really enjoyed the book. It, it was an easy, yeah. like, good, feel good book. Yeah. Um, I love the way that it ended. I love the idea of like what we think we want is maybe we're not seeing it through clear eyes, you know, getting a minute to put yourself in situations that takes you out of your normal routine that allows you to see the normal routine, maybe a little differently. 
And I really liked, and it wasn't crazy weird things that no one would ever do. It's like ride a horse, you know, or learn to surf. So some of the things weren't, most of the things were not crazy. Were not, yeah. Go off a high dive. It was just. Yeah, I tried that this last summer. It, it didn't, didn't go turn well. Out so good. Did it give you a new perspective on life, Jamie? Yeah, that I'm no spring chicken. <laughs> it hurts so bad. Oh, I love it so much. Anyway, yeah. it's a really fun book. I'm not going to tell you where it ends. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I gave it four stars. It's called Lily Bennett's Bucket List by Katherine Dyson. I love the idea that it's someone else's bucket list. I know. It is it's kind of fun. Like if I made my own list and I went out and something was hard, I would feel like, oh, I'll just cross that one off my list. I yeah. You know, but it's someone else's. You don't have that invitation or the ability. You yeah. can't take it off someone else's and list. And I think if I couldn't accomplish something that was on my own list, I would feel really bad about it. Like, I would right. be like, You'd I'm be the worst. What is wrong with me? I can't even do this thing I've always wanted to do. Anyway. Huh. Yeah. It was It was fun. Awesome. Okay, so my next book is Stranger Care by Sarah Centilles. Huh. I hope I'm pronouncing the last name correctly. Forgive me if not. Um, which I kind of thought that's an odd title, Stranger yeah, Care. Like, I was thinking what that. do you mean by that? This is a, a memoir. Her and her husband decided to adopt via the foster care system. So this is a true story. Um, they decided they wouldn't have a biological child. That was just a decision they made together and thought there's all these kids who need a family. The wife really, really wanted to have a baby. They're older, like I want to say late thirties, early forties for starting a baby. They're both very accomplished, um, educated. And now they're, They've decided they're going to have a child and they go about it the foster care system way. So when kids in foster care, so this just gave such an eye opening experience of how the foster care system works. And if you want to adopt a child from foster care, how difficult it is, just how difficult the process is and one thing and how difficult on your emotions and your like you, everything, just everything. It was so good. But this title comes from most children in the foster care system are placed with um, familial care. So placed with a relative families. So that is like two thirds go with families and get the foster care from a family member while parents are, you know, getting things together and getting their parental rights back about a third. And don't quote me on those numbers, but it was, I was surprised that most kids went to family members. The third that don't go to a family member, it's called stranger care. So you have familial care and stranger care. And so she was a stranger to the, the kids she took in. And that's, so that's why the title of the book is stranger care. And I think that's an awful thing to say. I know. Title it stranger care. Because we talk about stranger, stranger danger. danger. And so, yeah, that was say, the first thing that came to my mind too. You're in stranger care now. <laughs> it's anyway, it is beautifully written from a very open and honest standpoint. Um, and they, they get this child that as a baby, as a newborn yeah. and become extremely attached to her. They were told originally 
that this child would not be going back to the mom. And it's just a roller coaster, a roller coaster of a story. And there's, you know, the social workers would come to their house one week and tell them one thing. And then the next one would call or do something and say something totally different. And so just trying to navigate something that is that's crazy just up in the air. Like it depends on who you talk to. It depends on what, Oh, you didn't fill out this form. You need to fill out this form or no, you didn't fill out that form. Yes, I did. Well, I don't have it. So you need to fill it out again. Just like all the loopholes. (laughs) How frustrating. Like there's all these kids that need families. Why are we making And this system is so hard. And I know this, and she points this out too. The system is overwhelmed and they want what's best for these kids, but it is, it's like, all the balls are up in the air and coming down at different times is, has the parent done these things? Okay. This kid goes back. Oh, the parent didn't do this. Now the kid has to go here or this isn't a good placement. We've got to move him to another placement. There's not anyway. I, I thought it was really well written, really good and eye opening. stranger care by Sarah Centillis. What did you give it? I gave it four stars. Okay. It was really, really good. That's awesome. Put that on my list. That's, that's great. All right. The next one I'm going to talk about is People Person by Candace Cardi Williams. Um, have you read this one? For some reason, I'm wondering if you've talked about it. I don't think so. Okay. So this is the story of five siblings mm-hmm. who have all but two have different dad or different moms, all the same dad. Okay. Woo. Different moms. And it starts out with the dad. He's kind of like a laid back, easygoing, floating around kind of dude. Yeah. Um he you know, you you just get that you get the, the whole picture of him as he's getting ready in the morning and he gets in his car and he's like, Yeah, today's the day. And hmm. he goes around and he picks up one kid from one house and then he goes to the next house and he picks up two kids there and then he goes to the next house and picks up another kid. Anyway, picks up all of his kids okay. who didn't even know each other existed. Until this day. Until that day, until he picks them up in the car, takes them to a park and he says to them, you know, get to know each other, look at each other because you guys are getting older now. They're probably like 12 to, I don't know, seven. Okay. Six. Oh my gosh, how, what a shocking morning. Yeah, and he's like, get to know each other, because, you know, you guys are getting older, and I don't want you guys, like, trying to, like, get with each other. Right. Dating. Yeah, that would be a problem. date with... Because you're yeah, siblings. because you're related. So he's like, you know, you're siblings, you should know anyway. And so you, they, they all have these different moms who have told them different things about their dad and have different feelings about mm-hmm. their dad. He is zero involved in any of their lives, so... He's just not present, but he's just, this is what a dad does, right? Because you introduce him to <laughs> Show each other. Show up and other. introduce you to each other so you don't date your sibling. Yeah. Perfect. It Chat ends up being a little dad. bit more stressful than he anticipated. So he's like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Takes them all home where he gets, you know, reamed by most of the mothers because they yeah. didn't even know this was happening. And drops the kids off and they don't see each other again for another 15 years or something. So you jump ahead to wow. their adults now. They're in different places. You're following one of his daughters, and she is in a bad relationship with a man who does not treat her well. They get into a fight. He falls and hits his head, and she doesn't know what to do. 
And so she calls the only person she can think of, which is her estranged half-sister, who then calls all the other half-siblings, and they all reunite in the house to figure out what to do. This guy fell and is is severely injured. And oh it, my gosh. from there is quite... A little quite, random that that's who you call. I know. Okay. I mean, she. It's very, it's very interesting, the logic yeah. that she takes, but it's... Yeah. It's believable. I wasn't like, okay. uh, but at the same time, you know, I just, it's interesting the way we think about people. Like, how do you think about your family members? It, it really made me sit and go, like, what do I expect from my family members? What do I put in? What's a good relationship? And so all of a sudden, these five siblings are thrown back together. And the way that we talk to our siblings is maybe different than we talk to everybody else because yeah. they're your siblings, you know? Um, so I don't know why we do that, but there is a dynamic that's just built in, mm-hmm. I think. It was super interesting. Huh. So from then on, they have this, um, they are linked from this experience and the choices mm-hmm. that they make that night. And they decide that from that moment on, they would like to continue being in each other's lives and what that looks like. It is, I really liked it. I will say this, there is, there, it's crude. Yeah. There are some parts that I was like, oh. Okay. Okay, now these kids are, it takes place in England. They clearly don't come from a lot. They were grown up rough. So there's language Mm -hmm. and there's some sexual scenes that are, that were a little bit like, Okay, that yeah. I just read that. I read Queenie by the same author, and I would say the exact same thing. A okay, little, little gruff. Yeah, a little rough in places. And at the yeah. same time, like Sounds- I just loved the family relationships mm-hmm. and the way they were portrayed. So I, I felt both. I did. I gave it four stars just because I really did feel like it was such a great portrayal of the way that, like families interact. Yeah, and what we sometimes have to forgive not have to forgive, but what do we choose to forgive to be close? Mm -hmm. And what do we hold onto that is unnecessary? Like that doesn't serve us like pain. What pain are we holding onto? That's not serving us. And yeah. Can we forgive? It's, it was fun. I really did like it, It but I did feel like I need, I do feel like I need to give a little disclaimer. Okay. So yeah. Cool. All right. My last one for today is hello, Molly, a memoir by Molly Shannon. And then it says Sean Wilsey. Huh. Anyway, Molly Shannon, comedian, actress on Saturday Night Live. Um, Most famous, I'd say, for Catherine Gallagher. Is it Gallagher? Who she does this um, superstar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I loved her when I was younger. Like when this was at its height in the 90s, she was like, all the funniest things, all the things oh, yeah. we reenacted were Molly Shannon on SNL. So she writes about her life and um, she ha- tragedy starts at a very young age and she, her, her mom, her sister and a cousin were killed in a car accident. And she was in the car at the time. Her whole family was in the car at the time and her dad survived he was driving he survived and her and her other sister survived and um so their family dynamic her relationship with her dad was 
it, she doesn't remember her mom. It's based off of trauma and tragedy and uh, maybe unhealthy dependence on one another. And so she, she talks a lot about that. And she talks, and then as she's growing up, that she wants to go into acting and she tried really, really hard to go into acting and she was auditioning for all these things and getting some things and not other things. And then someone's like, you should do comedy. You're really funny. And she's like, no, I'm a serious actor, actress, which I think is so funny because I don't think of her as serious at all. I like, know. To think of her as not being seriously funny. Like when she gets into a character, she takes it seriously, yes. but it is not serious at all. And so she kind of dabbles in the comedy and it really just takes off. But when she did her skits, they said she did skits 100% and they were very physical. She often would come off stage cut, injured, bruised, because she 110% put herself in the skit and anything to get a laugh. So if she was jumping off a chair and getting hurt to the point where they hired people because she wouldn't have a stunt double. She was doing well, this yeah, all herself. It wouldn't and be so the same. They hired people to like soften things on the stage. Like people would come in, okay, ho Molly's going to, you know, what could she do? Cause it was never scripted. <laughs> so we have to think of all these things. And there was an example of one thing they're like, okay, that's going to hurt her. We need it. She's like, they, she would never do that. And the other guy was like, yeah, just because you said that, she probably will. And so they swapped it out or did something. And sure enough, she ended up landing on it. And anyway, oh my gosh, that her is so life funny. is very interesting. She's a good writer. It's funny. There's sweet points, sad things. And I think, you know, all comes around to family and our relationships, kind of to follow up on your book that the important things in life and who do you want to be there for at the end of the day. I thought it was really well done. Very enjoyable, lighthearted. I gave it four stars. That's awesome. I'll have to read Hello, that Molly. It was fun. I like her. And I just love hearing the behind the scenes of SNL. So fun. Like her interactions with other actors and Lauren Michael and just all the. So fun. Celebrity names in there and how. Just a Just little humanizes more humanizes them. Exactly. Yes. That's exactly. So it was good. It. That's awesome. Okay. The last book I'm going to talk about today is Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng. I've read many of her books. I Well, have when I say many, I don't know. only read Little Fires Everywhere. Okay. No. See, that's not true. Yeah. I think you've. I've also read Everything I Never Told You. Yep. I've read both of those. So I many means two. Two. To me. I've read two. <laughs> Little fires everywhere and everything I never told you. I think you. I maybe have read more, but go ahead. I'm going to look it up and see. Okay. Um, this story is very different mm -hmm. than her past books. Now that I'm looking, I mean, I knew I had read Little Fires Everywhere. It's very different. It is a little bit sci fi. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really appreciated at the end of the book, you know, she does a little author's note and talks about like her choice of writing this book, the style of book, what she was trying to do. And I, I thought it was great. Um, but to give a little bit of a synopsis, this is the story of a like 13 or 14, maybe he's even younger than that, 13 year old boy named Bird 
when he was nine, his mother left his family Mm -hmm. and he's never seen her again. And his father on that day, his father told him that they will never speak of her again, that they don't associate with her. If anyone asks about her, his response is to be, she's not a part of our lives anymore. Um, the world has changed a lot. It's th- they live in the United States, but it's some point in the future where they have now established a new law called PACT, where it's all about patriotism. Mm-hmm. And anything that is seen to be anti-patriotic, um, you will be punished for. And generally, the punishment is the removal of your children because you would be seen as an unfit parent. Right. And your child would be taken to be raised by someone who would raise them um, with better views about our country. Uh Um, So obviously there's a story as to how the country got to this place and Uh needed this law in in place. But you don't really learn that at first. You just are watching things from Bird's point of view as he's trying to understand where his mother is. Um, what happened and why they, you know, his dad had to leave his job as a professor to be a library stalker. He just stalks books. I mean, it is at a university. And Mm -hmm. so he's handling very important books that are, that you'd have to have some accreditation to be able to handle. But, um, it's definitely a step down for him and they've moved into an apartment. There's lots of things. And he's noticed all around, the town that there's little demonstrations that are happening, not by people, but like installation demonstrations. Like, you know, there's yarn wrapped around a tree, but it looks like dripping blood. Um, and it's cleaned up very quickly, but he's oh. getting little snippets of like people kind of speaking out quietly. Okay. And he's trying to understand it. And mostly he just wants to understand his mom and he receives a letter from his from her that he doesn't dare show his dad but it's not a letter it's just a picture and he deciphers it and it, he finds that it's a clue that's to lead him back to her and so he goes on this quest to find his mother and understand what's going on and and so basically what this story is is what we do out of fear uh-huh. what we do in the name of good and is it you know is it good she said she watched history repeat itself over and over. You know, she, as you look back on history as, as government, not just in the United States, but government around the world use removing children to silence people, mm-hmm. you know, or to control. Because right. what is your most precious thing? Well, your children. your children. And so you do just about anything to keep them safe and to hopefully get them back. Right. So she wanted to demonstrate how what, how that is a tactic um, ah. to f- to force people to conform. Interesting. It is very, very interesting. It's not. It's it's done from a child's point of view. Although we do get to jump into the mother's shoes for a little bit. Okay. But it's it was good. I gave it four stars. Hmm. But it's not like a big wave type of book where there's all these things happening. It's kind of like a. You're just kind of peeking. I feel like you're just kind of watching around corners at things that are happening. Yeah. It's just, it's not like a big bang type of book. It unfolds just nice yes. and slow. It is more like that. 
Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was good. It's called Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng. I love it. Yeah. There you go. There's another list of books to read. Yeah, we'd love to hear if you've already read them, what you thought. And if you have taken the quiz from last week, let yes. us know what you got. I did hear from a couple of people. It's fun to hear. Awesome. Um, find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, subscribe, and share with your friends. Thank you to Amphibious Zoo for our music. We'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And, and this, this is, is your, your book club. club.